I don't, I don't run plays for hardly anybody ever. I don't. I, I, I teach spacing. I, I give out T-shirts the first week of school. If you come over here, you would see them. I got shirts that said NASA equals buckets because space is everything. Space is everything. That's all I teach is spacing. Because if we're in, if, if we have space, everybody's comfortable. If you don't have space, nobody's comfortable. Nobody set a real world record in track in a bunch. Welcome to the Jamoti Podcast. We are all surrounded by amazing coaches and leaders. So let's get an inside look at not just what they do, but how they do what they do. After all, becoming the best versions of ourselves is Jamoti, just a matter of doing it. Today, we're joined by the head men's basketball coach at Miracosta College, Rob Robinson. If you're like me, you enjoyed watching Coach Robinson on the Netflix show, Last Chance You. He spent three years as an assistant coach at ELAC. Prior to joining the East LA coaching staff, Coach Robinson led a very successful 20-year run as a head coach at Notre Dame High School in Riverside, California. Over the two decades, the Titans amassed over 360 wins with six league titles, a CIF championship, three regional finals, and a state finals appearance in 2018. He has been named Cal High State Coach of the Year, SCIBCA Southern Coach of the Year, and the Press Enterprise Coach of the Year. Before we hear from Coach, take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media at Jamoti Podcast. What's up, guy? What's up, Coach? Oh, man. Hold on. Let me change my background for you. You don't want to flash on there? <laughs> he saved every one of us. <laughs> that's awesome. That's yeah. nice. That's yeah, nice. That's, that's actually, that's that's a pick from about where I live almost. Coach. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're living the dream, man. For the moment, it's not yeah. bad. I know. I just won a couple more games. It'd be <laughs> all right, but but hey, if you're gonna lose a game, this this is the place to do it. No doubt. What when you can lose a game and walk outside and see that, it just puts a oh, little bit of a sure. different perspective on it. Oh yeah, pull up to the house, and you know it's it's the beach, just two three blocks away. <laughs> well, man, I just want to again thank you so much for coming on here, talking hoops with me, giving up your time. Ooh. I had the the you know obviously like like so many people the connection uh here is just from watching you you know and and, and really was i appreciated the whole show uh, appreciated coach mosley and how he handled things but then you know a lot of coaches start out as assistant coaches and so but we it, to get to watch your role on, on with that team and just the way that you handled yourself as an assistant coach like it was it was really cool to see and the way that you were loyal to coach, but then, you know, also uh, are so great with the players. And and obviously, like like Coach Mosley, you have a higher purpose and mission for coaching and man, just really, really appreciate you. So this is an honor for me, man. Oh, man. I, I, anytime we can talk basketball and the sheds light on like what what we do, you know, because it's not I mean, drawing up a play is not hard. Yep. <laughs> it's not like that two hours a day practicing is not hard the other 22 hours is difficult and so you know whenever you can shine a light to the community like hey you know this is what we do i mean help us out one way or the other you know just, just help us out and that's a good point the fdu coach uh had a a little bit of uh after their last game in this press conference he talked about the two and 22 rule he said that two hours of the day they're going to focus on basketball the other two 22 hours of the day, it's going to be about other things. And I think as coaches, 
sometimes we only focus on those two hours when, man, the other 22, like how are we helping our players there? How are we kind of coming alongside of them? So I think to your point there. Yeah, that's the coaching. I teach for two hours a day. I coach for 22. That's that's and that's college basketball. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. Well, man, congratulations on your first year as a head coach in, in yeah. college. And I don't know. I, I don't know if this was discussed in this show, because, again, me, my son, my son and I watched both. He's a he's a hooper and watched both uh, seasons. But just the success that you had as a high school coach. Like, I don't know. I don't know how, if that was really hit on a lot because, man, 20 years of doing that and having a lot of wins and success, coach of the year, all these things. Then to take, and I'm not saying that ELAC is not a great, it's a great place to go, but, you know, now being the head coach, it's not like this is your first round of being in that role by any means. Uh, yeah, I was, I was a head coach. Like, uh, you know, my, my journey was so interesting. I mean, like my, my first head coaching job was in the United States Basketball League of all places. And um, a coach had got fired or left and, and I kind of got thrust into the role. Like I was playing one week, like I was on the roster one week, and then I was coaching <laughs> like, like the next, which is kind of awkward. Because I know, think Bill Russell did that. So you and him are, yeah. Might as well, because I was young, though. Like I was, oh, yeah. you know, so like I'm out at a bar with the guys the night before. And then the next day I'm asking them to, you know, get out of the triangle. We're doing something different. So it's a, uh, it was, that was an interesting journey there, but. It did lead to high school and um, it was um, I age well. And so when I took a high school job at 25, I, I looked like I was in high school and I was still in, in pretty good shape. And that was a whole interesting thing in, in, in itself and in starting. But it was um, kind of thrust into that role. And it was uh, it was a great experience. Um, uh, high school was never my plan. Mm. Uh, I was. I was at Allen, Han- Allen Hancock Community College right out of my four year. And then um, I did that for a season before I went to try and play again in the USBL. Um, and that was humbling. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Uh, needless to say, I'm good, but I wasn't good enough. Yeah. Uh, and so I realized that, uh, you know, coaching would probably be it. Because a lot of times as players, like, we're not ready. I know I wasn't ready, like, to be out of the gym. Like, I... You know, I wake up in the morning. I'd like I got to be in the gym like because I've been doing it since I was 12. And so I just wasn't ready. Sometimes when you get to the end, though, you know, a lot of my friends like they were ready when it was over, like they're ready to transition into something else. And um, I was not I was not ready to transition. I wanted to I, I wanted to be in the gym somehow, some way. And, and that high school thing was just to be in there. And um, I thought I'd be there for about 20 minutes. And I was there for 20, 20 years. <laughs> I didn't think I would be there that long, but um, when my when my first son was was born, he was born on December fifth, nineteen ninety eight, and that's an interesting day because one is the day my first son was born, which was just the crazy. That that's just an incredible experience. That's a wild experience, but that's also the only practice I've ever missed in my entire life, and so they, those two kind of kind of go together. But true story. So my wife's in labor, as I say, I miss practice and um, she's in labor and she wasn't handling it well. She, it was not, it was not going well, right. At, at the hospital and on Saturday mornings at this hospital at Riverside community, they make pancakes. So the whole hospital smelled like pancakes. 
And I tell my wife, I'm like, babe, I got to go get some pancakes. I had no intention of getting pancakes. I ran downstairs, jumped in the car, drove to the gym. No. Told all the guys, like, listen, I can't, I can't, I can't do practice today. Like, I got something. I, and I said, if anybody else shows up, tell them what I just said. And I locked the door so nobody can get in. And then I drove back. It was only like, it was about half a mile. Luckily, it was pretty close. And uh, so I remember that's the only time I've called off for practice, like as a player or a coach ever was uh, December 5th, 1998. So that was, that was an interesting day. And high school, was a, it was a great experience. It, it was um, high school. High school allows you high school allows you to coach basketball and raise a family. And that's and that's what I chose. And I kind of. I, and I'd like to say I, I take the higher road and, you know, the holier than now. And it was all about my family. But I fought it like I was trying to get back into college when I was young. But, you know, it was a different plan for me. You know, it was God had a different plan for me. And he wanted me to be a family man and a high school coach. So it just kept being easier and easier to, to do that. And so and then I was pretty successful in some runs. You know, high school can be up and down, but we, we had some good years. Like we had some really good years. Yeah. Um, I was a teacher for 20 years and I'm so grateful for that experience because coaching is more teaching than coaching. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, I was to have that experience of the classroom and curriculum and instruction and, and being a part of that and then taking that over to the, to the court. So I'm so grateful for those 20, those 20, and we did win some championships and I got used to being a head coach, but that's not, it was difficult being assistant though. Don't get me wrong. That was, yeah. That was difficult. However, um, I wanted to be I wanted to be a college basketball coach. And I, I mean, I, I applied at many JUCOs or Division twos and NAIAs to be a head coach. And it's not something that was going to it's not that's not the it's not the path, you know. And so uh, so I, just, you know, to be good at anything, you have to be humble. And so I just humbled myself and I was like, well, let me learn this level. And I was just so fortunate that John had an opening at that moment. And uh, we had so much in common. Like we played each other and we forgot about it. We're the same age. Um, all the same experiences. Like we grew up in Southern. We grew up like, well, I was more, I was more Kansas City, but I didn't move out here for high school, the end of high school. Hmm. But we had so many of the same experiences from like age, like 17 to 22. Um, so I was like, I was there Well, you were there. Well, I was at that concert. Well, I was at Magic Mountain that day. Well, I was at Magic Mountain. Like we had all these silly similar experiences. And um, it, it was just unique at, at when you're 40, what was I, 47 at the time, to meet a person and then have a new best friend at mm -hmm. 40. It, that, was, that was unique. But John is, he's an incredible guy, incredible coach. Um, he's not easy to coach with and he's even harder to play for. Mm -hmm. But there's no man on this planet whose intentions are more right than his. Yeah. And that comes through, that comes through in the show for sure. And, and, and the relationship, the dynamic that you two have is, yeah, that, that came across too. Two things from your story. First, well, first question is how much trouble did you get into when your wife realized that you weren't going to get pancakes <laughs> and that you went to the gym? Uh Bruh, I, I mean, I might have told her that like five years later. later. <laughs> like, I can remember the first time I was telling somebody that and she looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, you don't, you don't. Oh, yeah. You're too busy throwing ice chips at me that day. So it was that was that was something different. So she didn't know 
And, and you got to uh, pick the right time, like the yeah, best yeah. moment. You give her the yeah. best gift. You're on vacation. You're looking out at that type of sunset. Oh, hey, by the way, you know, <laughs> you know you're going through labor. Yeah, I was at the gym. My bad. My bad. Yeah. Second thing is, is I think it's a your story is a great example for being able to reinvent yourself, but also like not give up on. Uh, not give up on dreams or, or or goals that you have, because to your point, man, God may take you on a different path that you like. It's kind of that. It's always funny when you hear people talk about my plan, my plan, like, OK, like we it's all I mean, sovereign, sovereign God, completely in control, his plan. We're along. Like we obviously our decisions matter, but you were faithful in that position that even deep down you knew you didn't want, but man, how cool is it that later on in life you were able to come back around and and that part did come out in the show. And I, I really appreciated that. The, um, uh, why, why you're in the moment, like I said, I, I, so many times you fight it in the moment, what you're supposed to be doing, you know, but I got to give it up to my father too. Cause he, I mean, he put some, he put a level of discipline in me that's like no other. And uh, my pop, Ted, did not mess around. <laughs> Ted didn't mess around. And so that like that discipline to be like. Because grow, growing up, I mean, not like I was some angel, you know, but I, I listened to my dad and I fought it, but I would listen to it and I would do what I was supposed to do. And um, that just went over to my professional life. Like I fought it when I was young, but it's like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And sometimes I'd be kicking and screaming going on that campus each day because like there's guys I knew who went from like restricted earnings to GA to assistant to like head yeah. division jobs. And, and I was like, well, that's what I wanted like to do, you know? Uh, but, but in that same token, like, I, I mean, I loved every peewee football practice. Like I, I, I did. I, I, I love being a football dad. And um, uh, I still had I still got to coach, you know, a, a team and I still have my own team. And and um, so it took me a while. But once I, I got good with it and I understood and uh, like this is what I'm supposed to be. And, you know, and, and it taught me taught me a real valuable lesson that I have, you know, even today is just like I'm just, I'm just going to be where my feet are and then see what happens. I'm just going to, I'm just going to be here and I'm not going to worry about what happened back then or think about really what's next. Like just be good where you're at and then see where it goes from there. This is unique for me because I don't know you, but probably like a lot of people, they feel like they do, right? They, they, they watch you. They feel like they know, but, but I don't know you. And, but I did get to see some of that work ethic that you're talking about and the discipline, but then, and also like that entrepreneurial uh, spirit that you have to do some things. So what daily habits set you up for success? Um, my, my date, my daily habit uh, has been different at, at what, what it was in high school and in what it was in, in college, but there's a foundation to my daily habit. And what that is, is, like I have to do for everyone else first. And that is my habit. Like I, I got to do for my team. I got to do for the athletic department. I got to do even, even for the maintenance of the gym or, or making my office to do for the office first by cleaning it or, or arranging it or whatever. But like, like my, my, what my daily habit that I think that makes me successful or that, that, that keeps me, that keeps me level and calm all the time 
is that I I I wake up every day just trying to serve. That's 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 what I do. Um, and I'd like to say that was me for 20 years, but it took a while to get to this point. Believe me. Um, you know, the first 10 years I was a teacher and a coach, it believe it was about me. I was, mm. It was it was. But every year that you coach, like you know, when you start coaching, it's like 100 percent about you. And anybody who says different, they're 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 not telling the truth. Um, that's the truth. Uh, I mean, the first five years I coached basketball, if you would ask me, like, what am I doing tonight? I'm like, oh, I'm going to play poly tonight in the high school game. I would say I'm going to go play them. Uh, you ask me year 15, I'm like, my my team is going to play because it's not me anymore. So like every year that I coached, it was like the percentages changed 100%, yeah. 1% till it got to 100% them and not that. And um, man, it just took so much of the pressure off, like just serving others and just trying to be great for those around you. And so that's that's what I did. And that was my goal when I showed up at Elag. Like, John, like, what do you need? And how yeah. can I because I can coach basketball. I can coach an offense. I can coach a defense. I have philosophies. But like he needed something else. And I was like, what do you need in order for us to win? And I realized that those little things that I'm doing, those equate to wins. That's not the play that you run to win. But being organized every morning at nine o'clock for those kids, that equals winning at some point during the year. And so I just I just leaned into the little things. And that's and that's what I do here as well. And that's my daily habit. Um, my thing is, is, is my locker room. I, 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 I love getting the locker room ready every day for, for the kids. And I do it here. Yeah. I put, yeah, I put a, I've got a TV in there and I turn on, uh, I'll turn on a basketball game every morning at nine o'clock mm. and, um, I hang up everything still here and I do it. Um, I have a sound system in there at which that music plays. And I just love that environment. And I, and I'm always trying to, I'm always trying to make my environment inviting for everybody. I need it to be inviting. I don't want kids to dread going into the locker room or even the court, you know, that's my learning environment is the basketball court. And so my daily habit is more of a, it's more of philosophy. It's more of a philosophy, but it's like, what can I do for who today? That's that's when I walk in the door. That's what I'm trying to do. Like, who, what can I do for? Is it my students? Is it my players? Is, is that like? And if you when you do that, like the ball really gets rolling, and you have productive days. And then when you add up productive days, then you're successful. And so that's that's my habit. It's just 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 waking up and, and doing what I can do for for everybody around me. You and I were similar in the fact that when we started coaching, we didn't have playing out of our system yet. You know, I, I played in college, was able to go overseas for one year. I, my claim to fame is being, in my opinion, the least paid player in the world. That's my, <laughs> that's my, <laughs> but, but came back and, and you know what, honestly, like life just kind of made me have to shift away from basketball, some choices that I made, some situations I was in, but that playing side, I wasn't done yet, but I got into high school coaching and it is hard. It's hard to separate those two. It's hard not to view the game through players' eyes, thinking that your players should be doing what you would have done or could do as a player. That's the wrong mindset. It's definitely not a servant mindset. 
Yeah. And so uh, right on the money with that. And I love coach. I loved watching you clean up the locker room. And to me, it was inspiring. And even to hear that as, yeah, Mira Costa, you're, you're still doing that because coach full transparency. It's probably been two weeks since I've set foot in our locker room because my <laughs> lock, my office isn't attached yeah, and yeah. I, I, it might be, it just might, and it might be a disaster zone in there. I don't even know, but I should know. And yeah. I should take more pride in that. And I should try to create a better environment for the players to come in. So, man, right off the bat, thanks for that reminder. Oh, you got it. Every, I mean, every. I was there this morning, eight forty-five. I was in there, usually listening to Stephen A. Smith say something crazy. You know, because I that's every on, day. Yeah, because I because I turn on ESPN, then <laughs> I turn it because it runs the whole day. I just turn it on and I run it the whole day. Although during basketball season, you turn on ESPNU. And they played the night before all of the games on yeah. you. So now it's just I can hit it and it just plays basketball throughout the day. I will uh I will do that. But I like that's my thing. I, like my AD came in and was like, you know, you don't have to do all this. And I was like, oh, yeah, I do. You have managers. Yeah. <laughs> and and you know what? And I do have managers. And my managers asked me, and I did this, and I've asked of this, and nobody's taking me up yet, but I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I tell my point guards, you can do it with me because I'm constantly trying to get them to be servant as well. And they fight you. you mm. <laughs> they fight you. Uh, but when I get that one, I know I'm going to win. Like next season, if the first week of my point guards, like, hey, coach, let me help you put that up. Uh, you can chalk it up. We're going to win a championship. So I'm waiting for that. But that's my goal is to get, get my backcourt to buy in with me about serving the rest of the team but until then no nah, it's just me in there picking up cleaning up you know but i mean i get to listen to my music everyone should sing and dance every day like every single day of your life you you should you should even if it's in your car on the way home bump something that you can't help but sing out loud and that's what i do in my locker room like i play something that moves me and then it moves me around the locker room it's, it's an enjoyable 30 minutes of my day it's an incredible 30 minutes I have in, in my day. Coaches, the Jamoti Podcast is powered by Bology. Manage and measure your players' skill development and increase accountability year-round utilizing the Bology app. Boost inter-squad competition with drills backed by the National High School Basketball Coaches Association, including a 40-shot Bology skills assessment. Please visit Bology.com teams for information on how you can provide this resource for your team. Coming from being the head coach of a high school program and then to ELAC. And, and it was what I, it was really cool just to be able to see the ins and outs of another program throughout a season, because, you know, you can like, I'm in Dallas, Fort Worth. Okay. You can go to another high school and observe a practice. You can go watch their game, but you're rarely in the pregame with them or in the post game at the halftime or the the grind of daily practices and seeing that wear on players and then on top of that you rarely get to see how the players actually are feeling or thinking so what a unique part thing right there but now you get to run your own program again what's one thing that makes your program different um you know what makes my my program when i when i saw the questions and i got to pick and i saw that one and i was i was like heck yeah <laughs> um because that's why I'm, that's why I'm so pleased to have my own program is because I don't have to do it like anybody else you know 
And when you're young, you almost have to do it like everybody else. Because I mean, true, you don't know anything. You think mm -hmm. you know, right? And then to make it, especially on that trajectory, like I need the next job. Well, you better be in line with the people who have those jobs. And so you have to act like them. You have to talk like them. I mean, geez, in the late 90s, I mean, you had to dress like them. Like it was, it's not as free as it is today. I'm seeing all these coaches with tennis shoes on. I was like, heck yeah. Like <laughs> I would have loved to do that in 99. But if Three I did piece that, suit I was never that. cool. There's never I fun. Never got a job, yeah. you know? yeah. So it's, it's so much that is different now. But what I, what I think was different about my program is, is two things. One, we talk about the learning environment. Like, hey, call me crazy, but I believe basketball should be enjoyable. Like, like, like call me crazy. And um, every coach I played for, every coach I've coached with, it wasn't that enjoyable. I'm not saying they're not successful. And I'm not saying that like playing basketball isn't enjoyable. I'm not saying that. But there's like, there's like a dark cloud over the floor. Yeah. You know, and that's not the environment that I want to teach in. That's not. Now, can you make everyday rainbows? No chance. But like I want it to be that inviting environment because just like in a classroom, when kids are comfortable, they learn. They they don't learn when they're not comfortable. They mm -hmm. don't. And so I try to make it as enjoyable as possible. And and that and and you can't really do that without a personal relationship. So, I mean, that's the first thing I do from the phone, first phone call you get from a, recruiting me to the first time you're on campus. Like everything is about something other than basketball. Like the, the moment, like we could have talked a little bit longer before this, I'd have found our bridge. Me and you have a bridge. Like we, we have one. I, I just, we didn't get to it yet, but me and you, we have a common denominator that we can talk for hours on. I can guarantee it. Mm -hmm. And so I find that with, with every kid so that, they under so that they understand like the the caring portion of it so that in practice that environment is a little bit that's a little bit better that's i want a fun environment like i enjoy basketball practices like i i enjoy it not because i'm grinding you but because like we're all working towards something and i'm trying to get them to work as hard like as as i can and in juco it's a little different than like the four year because in the four year like you can really like recruit to your personality. You can, you can really like recruit to your culture. Yeah. And Juco, it's like, I've got to, I've got to turn them into what I'm trying to, to do. Uh, you don't really get to choose. Like, uh, you don't get to pick and choose like, Hey, this kid is perfect for my culture. You might get a couple of those, but out of the, but out of the 20 that I got to bring, no, that's, that's not gonna, uh, 10 of them are, are not 10 of them aren't feeling anything that I'm talking about and how I do it. And so we have to get there, but creating a, an environment of, of, of intensity and competition, but also like, like it, it smiles and excitement. And, 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 and I try and cut back like on the negativity and I can't be negative in practice like any other coach, but I will start joking at the craziest moments. And it takes a while for the kids to, to get that, you know, um, and the second part of that, can I, can I, can I jump in on that first one? Because like, I, I really appreciate that. And I do, I'm, I'm like-minded with you in, uh, it's our job, but it's their game. Like, and we got to keep it fun. Like we got to remember why we started playing and 
way back when it was probably because it was really fun to take that round thing and throw it into that round hoop and there's a pure there's a pureness and a joy and then somewhere along the lines pressure parents uh uh goals whatever get in the way so i'm i'm with you there um full transparency there was time like joy is a part of our culture but there was times this year that when we weren't playing well i I don't think I was a lot of fun to be around. I don't think, I, I think I lost a little bit of that why. So my question is, is a lot of people will say that, what you said, but how do you actually sustain that during those tough times throughout a season? Oh, well, I well, I had it this year when we lost our last seven. Uh, we went from second place to not making the playoffs. I ended up seeing mm. players, all kind of things. Um, whatever could go wrong this year did go wrong. Um, but a lot of it has to do with just my nature in general. Like my name, if we went out to dinner tonight, we would be laughing and joking the whole time. And, and I can't turn that off. And when I first started coaching, I tried because I'm pretty sure like every coach that we had or every coach that I had until like 95, I think I'm pretty sure they only watched the Bobby Knight tapes. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. They all wanted to be like you. And that was it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it was a mixture between wanting to be like Bobby Knight and every coach was a Vietnam veteran. So it was, you had this crazy mixture of like this discipline, old school, all my coaches were like that. And I can remember I was playing, when I played division one basketball, like it was cool playing division one basketball, going on the games, playing on TV and whatever. That was really cool. Um, and the season got over the first year I played division one and we would go play in the other gym and like against the football team. Our football team was really good too. And so there was a lot of good athletes and we would go over there and play. Cause back then, you know, coaches couldn't mess with you. It was back, back in the you know early nineties, there was a lot of restrictions. Like they couldn't, they couldn't even touch us in the spring. They couldn't do it. Make us, we make us go to study hall, but that's about it. Um, there was no individual workouts. They couldn't make us do nothing. And we would go over there and play. And when I tell you that was like the best two months of my life playing mm. like I couldn't wait every day to right now, even thinking about it, like I can feel it. Like that was the funnest time I've ever had in my life playing basketball. Um, but as coaches, we can make we bring that dark cloud. Yeah. And, and I and I and I wish I could say every day that I didn't. But there was days where it was just too much. Like a kid had failed. One is ineligible. One is late. One comes in there smelling like at the marijuana dispensary. The other one is hung. The other one is hung over. The other one ain't got no shoes. And I'm like, I'm in there and I'm like, I'm in there and, I, and I'm like, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to do jump stops right now. Like, and it, 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 it didn't, it didn't jive. And then I'm like, you know, just dang it, you know, and I, and, and I bring it and, but I can usually bring it back around because it's not my personality. And like I said, I tried to be tough when I was, when I was a young coach, I did. I really tried to be like that hard nose, hard that hard guy, but it it wasn't it wasn't me. I, I I play harder than anybody. Anybody who ever played with me will tell you I play harder than anybody. Anybody that worked with me say I'll outwork anybody. However, I joke around a lot, and that's yeah. just my it's my personality. So it's easier for me to say, you know, that I can I can do that. But you know what I do during the season too is that it's in the end. On those bad days, dude, they're just kids, man. Yeah. And you know what? They're they're and when I look at them, I'm like, they're kids. And they bounce back and they're so resilient. And 
they have no idea like how hard this is about to be and like why am i making it harder right now that's a good point you know like they this is the only time where you don't have the pressure of the world right now right now they have the pressure of themselves trying to get a scholarship which is which is a real thing in juco but they don't have the pressure of the world yet they you know they they don't have the kids to take care of they well a couple of them do they yeah yeah they don't have the family to take care of. They don't have to be there for that nine to five. Like the, like the 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 the, the rent is affordable as of as of right now. Um, so they're just they're just kids, and it's and it's our job to create that experience for them right now. Yeah. Uh, every interview I've done, I always get to like it's me and you. It's like it's our job right now. We have a short window. Like yours is probably three windows, two, two, I mean, two, three years at the varsity level if you're high school. And mine is two years at JUCO or four years at a, at a four year. That's the window we have to create 60 years of memories. That's our window. That's it. So we have to have a great experience for them because I had coaches in college that could care less about my experience. They, they, they could care less about the experience that I had. That's not to say they didn't coach me or they didn't develop me. I'm not saying that. But they that wasn't that wasn't it. I keep that in mind every day. Yeah. I keep that in mind that like even to this day, I can remember a junior college basketball game played at Moore Park College during Thanksgiving. That's part of my experience. And when I go out, we'll talk about those things. But that window was so so small. Yeah. That all of these experiences in. So I try to make it like the best, the best I can. But a lot of it's my personality and I'm po- I'm positive in basketball. I'm realistic though. Um, and I'm very realistic, but um, I believe that every kid's gonna make his next shot. Like I, I believe it, and so that that comes across in in my learning environment. Well, Gannon Baker talked about you. You can't coach something that you don't possess, and I think because you possess that joy, and it's just a part of you, then it's man, it just comes out. I think the challenge then is for coaches that. Well, okay. Naturally, if if you don't have joy, then you know we're 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 in the people business. Yeah. Like we're in the business of building up and trying to connect and all these things. So, but you might have to like like anything else. You might have to work on some of those deficiencies. Oh, sure. And so, but but when you possess it, the same thing with your servant leadership that you have. You possess that, so it's really easy for you to teach it and coach it. I think what that's the that's the thing. Whatever we want our players to be doing. We better possess those qualities or else it's going to come off uh, fake and uh, unbelievable. Oh, speaking yeah, speaking of fake and to your point, like I'm the worst zone coach in America. Like I, I'm telling you right now, I am the worst. And the reason why <laughs> is because I don't believe in it. That's why. You know? So you can't act like you do. You know what I mean? And so like every time I'm teaching zone, I feel like I'm just out there completely naked. And they're watching me. That's what it feels like while I'm teaching it. I'm like, they know I'm lying. Like they know, they know I'm lying. Like, like they know it. And I'm and I'm fake, I'm faking the closeout and what we're supposed to do and how you got to get there to that spot. But I don't believe in it, although I should. It's a great tool to use. It's a card to play. And and I and I and I want to play more zone. And I did this year because I had nothing but post players. It was the craziest lineup ever. So, but they those kids know. Yeah. They know if I believe in what I'm talking about, they'll they'll know. And you can fake it for a day. Mm-hmm. Like I could fake the zone for a day. I could. But eventually they'll be like, well, he don't care about the zone. Like, I don't care about like, yeah, 
you know, that what he cares about is closing out and forcing that pull to the X. That's what he cares about. You can see it in his eyes and his voice. Like I get, I get excited right now just thinking about closing out, forcing a guy to the X so that we can help <laughs> right now. I'm gonna do it right now. But if we're uh, talking about zone, I'll be like, oh, it's just like the straight downer, you know. Coach, like, you're you're right on the money, man. I I uh, early on at the school, I'm at Grapevine Faith Christian School, small, small private school in in, in DFW. And early on, uh we we had an identity and it was uh still is about shooting threes make like that's kind of what we hang our hat on but i went too far with it and i think my players started to know that i could i could not care i didn't care at all about the defensive end it was only about this but 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 then it's like the truth is i do care about that because i know from playing that that golly if you don't defend you're not gonna win but man when my eyes only light up (laughs) <laughs> when we're talking about offense I and I only celebrate yeah. uh three three point attempts, then yeah, yeah. The, you're gonna get what you expect. Yeah. And like and and I didn't uh I didn't expect much defensive effort early on, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I they'll they they know they'll figure it out. Like you can fake it for a while, but they'll they'll figure out. And 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 to circle back the my program, the thing I think that really makes me different, yeah. I had this incredible, unique ability to wipe the slate clean every single day. Hmm. It's it's and I can't explain it, but I hold no grudges against anybody like in my life. Like I don't. And like every day, no matter what that kid does, I wipe the slate. It's a new board like every day. And here's the pen. You could fill it in today. It could be different. Now, am I going to play you? Oh, no chance. However, if you come with the right heart and the right intentions on that day, me and you have a new day and you can walk out of my practices. Oh, I kick kids out of practice like all the time too. And, and I, I cause like if your effort's not there, like, why am I going to fight it? I'll That's fight right. it. I'll fight it for like maybe two, three possessions, like maybe, or a couple minutes in a drill, but why am I going to fight it? Like you don't want to be here and it's going to turn into something that we don't want it to turn into. So I'm always, and they got it now. Like it's hard for kids in the beginning, especially if you've never been asked to leave a practice. But that, but that now they get, and I'll be like, oh man, your day is done. And they'll be like, all right, coach. And then like, like they're up, like they're up out of there. Um, and they don't get rewarded. Like you're not going to play. You might sit the next game. They they realize that. Uh, but so it's then, not just a free pass from practice. There's actually consequences after. <laughs> so like, but I'll kick, I'll kick a kid out. And I, I mean, I might've, geez, man, I was, there might be a couple kids in my team that didn't get kicked out of practice like, like this year. Uh, but they, but I'll kick a kid out. And in the beginning, like, you know, they'll hide from you, you know, for like a day or two, like they'll, they'll go around this corner instead of that corner. And then I'll see them and they don't get it. And that is it's hard for them. I'll be like, oh, hey, man, what's up? How we doing? Like, hey, you want a Rice Krispie treat? You want some Nutter Butters? Like, and they're like, what the heck? Like, you just told me you want me to be in your gym. And I'm like, well, that's over. That day is over. Like, like we lost today. Like the kids, and I really feel it. When they lose, I lose. And that's that's talking about the servant part. Like, I don't even think, I know I never think about winning. I never think about winning. When I was young, all I thought about was winning. Yeah. Now, all I think about is if everybody around me is winning, I'm going to win. So if I can make everybody a winner, then then I then I win. It, it has to happen. So if all my kids are winning, then we're gonna have a winning basketball program. And so I'll tell them like, we didn't win today. Like, because if you fail, I fail. 
So I, I, I failed in that. So I'll wipe the slate clean. I'll try to learn from it. And I'll try and make that kid better the next day. If it's a bad game, wipe the slate clean. Bad practice, wipe the slate clean. Kid could fail a class. He could, I, I mean, it, it, these kids are emotional. Like, like this this level, there's so much pressure yeah. at this level. Like every one of them come in flawed. Hmm. Every kid comes to JUCO flawed. They come there and I'm not, they're flawed because they're not good enough. Maybe they were injured. They're having troubles academically. Like they, they, all of them have this chip. And then they come in and they're like, the moment a, a junior college kid steps on my on my campus, his goal is to not to be here. So that's the environment that he is creating. Like, I don't want to be here. I want to be somewhere else. And so a lot of times that emotion comes out in them when you're coaching them. A lot of it comes out. And needless to say, I've been cussed at a lot as a as a as a coach. And sometimes they'll say things and I'm just have the ability to be like later on, like, Hey, I, we're not going to do that. But I understand. Like, I completely understand you're a thousand miles from home. You don't know where you're going to eat tonight. You don't have a scholarship. You just failed your semester last time. You don't know if you're going to go on. Your family doesn't help you. You got all of these things going on and I'm up here and I'm up here telling you, you need to get to the front of the rim faster. He's not feeling it that day. And so uh, <laughs> hey, I'll wipe it clean. And then the next day, and I'm, 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 that's my thing. Like that's the foundation of my program. Like I'm going to enjoy what I do. I don't care what other coaches do in their system. And I steal from everybody though. Like I'm, I steal everything from everybody. I'm not saying I don't pay attention to coaches because sure. that's all I do. But no, my, my gym is going to be the way I want it to be. I don't have mm -hmm. to go in anybody else's footsteps. It's mine. And so I can create that environment and I'm just forgiving. I'm just going to forgive the kids like, like every day until they get it right. And I'm hoping like today's the day. Like I got four kids today. I'm telling you, I have four kids today. Today's our off day. Um, I have four kids today. I'm like, I sure hope they come in today just to come in. You know, one of them did, you know, like, like one of them came in. I worked with that kid for 45 minutes a day, just, just me and him. And we didn't have that yet. He's been here since August. You know, we didn't have that yet. And so we worked 45 minutes today. And I am sure, I am sure that that 45 minutes today is going to win me three games next year. I'm sure of it. And that's because he missed earlier in the week. That's why I was hoping I'd see him. Like he skipped like real workouts. Like you're in my class. You didn't come to class. Like he wow. really, like, you know, so I had to wipe the slate clean on Tuesday and Wednesday, you know? And, <sighs> then, and so he shows up today and is like, yeah, I was going to get some shots up. And then the course of that, I mean, you know, we, we're talking about other things and this, and he comes and gets a protein bar and I give him a Gatorade. And, and I'm sure that that credit is going to win me three games next year, but that doesn't happen if I'm pissed at him because of Tuesday and Wednesday. Coach, that's impressive, man. Like I, I, one, uh, just kind of sitting listening to, to you, to you talk about what it is like to coach G at the junior college level. Like, man, I, I think you're right where you're supposed to be because those kids need somebody like you. Cause I don't, I don't know if I could do that. Like, I don't know if I possess the ability to wipe the slate clean like that. Like, I mean, I coach there's, there's kids even at grapevine faith Christian school, they've made some decisions in the past. I think I'm still bitter about it. 
Like, it was like five years ago, and that name comes up. I'm like, golly, Ah, he just died. I just can't. Because I take it too personal. But you're right, man. Like, one, we're all screwed up. We've all made mistakes. But you you nailed it. They are in the window where they, they haven't screwed up enough yet. And they still have time. Yeah, and a guy time. like you that comes in and it has that ability, that's impressive. Well, we got time. And 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 just like if you're a teacher, um, just like you're a teacher, there's so many times like you don't think you got through to a kid and they show up 10 years later as a high school. And they're like, coach, like, man, you taught me this and this. I'm like, you didn't listen to anything I said. Like, what are you <laughs> Are you kidding me? Don't remember things that I did that you, of course, that I don't remember, but it had that impact. It helped them like later on. And that's what, that's what I'm doing here. Like I might not see, I might not see the kid who gets to practice early every day, doesn't miss a weight training session. I might not ever see that, but damn, if I'm not going to build the foundation for it. So Mm. I, I know that, I know that we don't see the reward here at this level. I, I get that. Like I, I get that. I'm hoping they take what we have and and we and we go on but like i said like dude they're just kids like they're just kids and like it having my own kids like because we have we forgive them like every day like we we it's the same and as soon as i started seeing my players in the same light they're no different than my six-year-old who are or my or my youngest or my oldest kid who who has the most incredible streak it might be it might be unmatched in all of public school. Like he was in the principal's office for 12 straight years. Like I got a call for 12, for 12 straight. I don't know <laughs> Coach, that's not the streak you want, but that's, yeah, that's hey, a good I'm telling you, 12 straight years, <laughs> I, had to go, I had to go to the dean of the administrator for my, for my kid. Incredible kid. He's the most loving, incredible kid. Uh, he's a snowboard instructor in Mammoth right now. Great wow. kid. He's, he's my first kid, my pride and joy. But man, I had to, I had to, I had to do that. But he would get in trouble. But like, what am I gonna be mad at him for? Like, you know, he's a kid. Like, getting mad at young people is futile. It's absolutely futile. So, I just, I just wipe it and and. But they're not rewarded though, and that's a big difference. Yes. It's not like you get the slate clean and you get to start Friday night. No, 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 no. That don't, that don't happen. Like, you get to be in practice. And you get to dig. What I'm trying to get you to do is stop digging. You're in the hole. Stop digging. Now let's get our way out of it. You know, it's not like I pull you up out of that hole. You're going to get yourself out of there. You're going to have to do the right things. And and so it's not a free pass, but it's definitely a free slate. And then I hand them a pen. There's days I'm not joking. When they come in, I'll hand them a dry erase pen. I'll hand them a dry race, like, hey, today's a new day. Like, what, what you gonna do? Write something today. Like, just put anything up on my whiteboard in the gym. Let's nice. Put up there. Here it is. It's a new day. Like, what, what you gonna be? Like, what is it gonna be? Yeah. And, oh, and see what they put up there. One of these days, maybe they'll put coachable. And I'm like, all right, we're gonna win games. <laughs> we're gonna, That's we're gonna, gonna be a good day. That's we're gonna win games. We're gonna win games. Coaches, the Jamoti podcast is powered by Shoot360. The future of basketball has arrived in Dallas-Fort Worth. Shoot360 combines the latest sports technology with the fundamentals of basketball skill development. The result is a -a one-of-a-kind video game-like basketball program designed to improve your shooting, dribbling, and passing. Visit Shoot360DFW.com to learn more and register for your free one-hour workout evaluation. Shoot360, the future of basketball is here. I think uh, the way that 
coaches teach shooting in their programs and not just the mechanics, but overall, like uh, just even the mentality, it says a lot about their culture and probably the way that they coach other areas. So in your program, how do you teach shooting? Man, it's um, uh, first, uh, there's very, very few times in college. High school is different, though. When I was in high school, I changed the way people shot all the time. Yeah. I, I would change it all the time. But when you get to like 19 or 20, nah, there's no, there's, nah, I'm just going to make them better at what they do. Um, I shot a lot of threes. That was my thing. I was recruited to do that. I was an undersized um, shooting guard at 6'2". Uh, so I figured out how to make shots and how to get open and how to score without the ball in my hand. And so when they get here, I just make them better at how they shoot mechanically. When we're talking about mechanically, but mechanically, I'm 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 firmly mechanics is half of it. I give kids the mentality to be fearless. Yeah, absolutely fearless. You cannot be afraid to score or to shoot at any time. Like I, that's one of the things in my gym. Like I'm gonna give, I'm gonna be very upset if you pass up an opportunity to shoot the ball. Like I'm going to be upset. And if you miss them all, so be it. You don't get to play. But at least we know. And I, I don't like the unknown with kids, and I don't like kids living in the unknown. Like, am I good enough? Like, no, you're not because you weren't good enough this week. You were shooting the ball, you didn't make it. And not only that, like I filmed like three practices a week. So they know, they look up to the left and they see the green light on the thing. And when the green light's on, they know they're being filmed. And I'm going to stat what, what, what I value. I stat what I value in a practice, which is different from other coaches, probably different from, from you. I, I don't have, it's not long, but I have a few things that I'm going to stat and I value that. And if you do that, if you do that, then you're going to be able to play for me. And one of them is shooting percentage, but you have to shoot. Like if a kid is, if a kid's shooting 75% from the three in my practices, but he only shot five threes. For the <laughs> that's like, not that special. That's what you're doing. Like you're not, yeah. you're not trying, you yeah. know, like, like get rich or die trying. That, that is what we are trying to do in every practice. So it's a mentality. Like everyone I recruit, everyone who comes in, I'm like, no, you're going to shoot and you're going to score. I had five guys average double figures. This this year, five of them. I don't I don't run plays for hardly anybody ever. I don't. I I I teach spacing. I, I give out t-shirts the first week of school. If you come over here, you would see them. I got shirts that said NASA equals buckets. Like because space is everything. Space is everything. That's all I teach is spacing. I love that. Because if we're in if, if we have space, everybody's comfortable. If you don't have space, nobody's comfortable nobody set a real world record in track in a bunch everyone slows down you watch those 800 those miles like i remember my wife, I, I love track my wife looking and they're like why they're all like just all in that bunch and i'm like well they're not going to run fast in that bunch <laughs> the only people who go fast in a bunch are nascar drivers everybody else is slowed down yeah so space you're comfortable so all I'm teaching is space, 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 and take advantage of, of that space. But I make every player believe he, I, he's going to make his next shot. And when they miss it, I encourage them to make the next shot. I encourage, I encourage. Now, when they walk into the locker room and they see the sheet up on the board, that is sobering. Because they're like, oh, shoot, like I'm shooting 26%. You know, that's that's sobering. It can be. 
But then I'm saying like, why are we shooting 26%? Like, like, like why, why, why would you be shooting 26%? Are we rushing it or are you not that good a shooter? And if you're not that good a shooter, cause I track every shot kids shoot in my gym. I have a spreadsheet and you don't get, you don't, in my, in my, in my gym, you don't get credit for making a shot unless two people are doing it. Hmm. So I'm making, I'm making these dudes be friends. Like they're going to hang out with each other. And so they have to text each other. We have this group chat and they'll be like, who wants, who's there? Who's going to be there at nine? So now two guys have to show up because also I have two shooting machines and I love my shooting machines, but I'd rather have thumbs down, chest pass, hit somebody in the chest and shoot as much as possible. So you don't get credit unless you have a partner to shoot with. But then when it's over, they come in and then I put it in the spreadsheet. Hmm. Every 10,000, you get something. You get a shirt for 10,000, 20,000, you get a sweatshirt. You'll get a full sweatsuit for uh, for for the next one. Oh, I like that idea. I got bomber jackets that say Maricosta on it when you get to like 50, 60. I told them by November 1st, I want someone to make 100,000 jump shots. This is what I told them on March 1st. I want somebody in here to make 100,000 jump shots. And so when a kid is struggling, then I go back to, all right, let's go to your spreadsheet. What's it looking like? Because I've been I've been on that spreadsheet since March 1st and I put it in every single day, every single day since March, since August 22nd. I've been in this gym at 845 in the morning. I haven't missed one day like I am here for you to do that. And so when you're struggling, now we go back to the analytics and I'll be like, all right, how many of you made? And if you look at that in, the, in, that, in that last month and you haven't come one time. To do anything extra and you're shooting 27 percent. I'm not saying if you came every day, you wouldn't be shooting 27%, but at least you would know. And that's what yeah. I'm trying to give the kids. Like, like if you're going to fail, and in this game, we all fail. Like, you, we all fail. Like, all of us are told to stop playing basketball. It's not like we just said, oh, I'm going to give it up. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, like, like there's no one, there's no one left. Like, there's no one yeah, The Mavs are not me. calling me yeah. anytime, Coach. Yeah, like, like, no one called me to play basketball anymore. And I'm like, okay, that means it, it's over, right? So I didn't make it to where I wanted to be. And when that time comes, whether it be high school, whether it be college, whether it be pro, that, that look in the mirror is real. Because I remember that and that, that feeling. And I worked my butt off. I really worked hard. But there were so many years that I didn't. And there were so many times like I was out hanging out. And I, I would go out. We would go out and drink before games in college. We would go out all night and we would kick it. And the next day, I'm not saying I didn't get 12 points or 14 points, but I'm like, what would it have been like if yeah. I'd have treated my body right? Yeah. Like, what if I'd have ate right? What if What if I didn't? What if I do it? Wasn't drinking? That regrets tough. Like that like, regrets what tough. What if I didn't do that? Now I'm looking back when I when it was time to really look at yourself in the basketball mirror. I realized like I missed opportunities. Yeah. I worked hard. I ran hard. I lifted hard. I played every day. I did whatever coaches asked, but there was still a percentage of my abilities that I didn't get to because of those decisions that I made. And that's what I'm trying to get with these kids. Like, it's okay. If I'm not going to play you, let it be because hey, you took 50,000 shots. Now you like, I did everything I could, but I didn't play. But if you don't do everything that you can and you don't play, now you live in the basketball gray and unknown. And that is so hard to live in hmm. like as a player. So uh, I track it all and it's a mentality. Everybody shoots, everybody scores. If you can't shoot a lick when you come here, you are going to shoot the ball. Like you have to, you have to be a threat. Like I'm not, 
I can't. Now, that don't mean that I'm not going to tell a kid to roll more than pop, you know, or or when you ghost that screen, let's ghost to the block and not to the corner for the three. <laughs> but uh, have the, I want them to have the confidence to feel like they can do anything on a basketball court in practice. In sure. Practice. And then hopefully that translates over over to games. But that's my that's what I think about shooting is just making every kid he can believe his next shot. But more importantly, giving him a curriculum to be able to make those shots. Not just say you need to come make your shot. You're right. Come yeah. the like, like, no, like this week we're working on the four jump shots that you can take in zoom action. That's, that's all we're working on this week. And there's four different shots that you could take within what I do. That's all we're working on. So I give them the study plan. I give them the curriculum. This is what we're going to do. Right now it's up to you to be able to do it. And now I'm going to track that. And if you can, if you make those, it's going to give you the confidence when we go four on four, no dribbles and they, and they, and you come off on a handoff on that, you can just pop it up and, and then go because you just did that rather than the kid that catches it and then has to go into his dreaded six dribble combo before he uh before he <laughs> that oh always God. ends well <laughs> oh that's a coach you said something you said something early on that i don't think a lot of players realize um when a coach will tell you yeah i want you to shoot the ball a lot a lot of people will say like oh it sounds great but uh i heard this story about duncan robinson he was in the g league and the the coaches said, "Listen, we're not going to bring you up until you attempt twelve threes a game." And there's there, it's interesting because they didn't say anything about makes. They said literally, "Can you take this amount?" Because they, I think the the lesson behind that is is just shooting that volume is difficult to have this that curry type movement the speed yeah. but then even more importantly mentally let's just say i mean yeah okay if you've gone 8 for 8 it's probably easy to take the ninth or 10th one but yeah. what if you've only gone 1 for 8 are you going to continue to take those open ones or what like most players do you start to slow down so you're not open or hesitate yeah. and all of a sudden you know what tonight's not my night no 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 not if you're a shooter and you you nailed it. Like three for four, it's that percentage isn't special. You get to that eight to ten to twelve reps in a game, and then you're around that thirty-five to forty percent. All right, that's what we're talking about. I had a uh, um, I I went three for seventeen from the three in a college game once. I'm and, impressed with the seventeen, coach. I'd be happy well, with up. it. And and. When I was when I was trying to play professionally, like I was trying to get into Portsmouth, right, to play in Portsmouth back in like '96, and this coach tells me, he goes out of every, he goes out of everything I heard about you, he goes that's the most impressive thing I, I you could do. That this most part, one of the most impressive things I've ever even heard of. You went three for seventeen, <laughs> and he goes, what was your what was your mentality? And my coach gave me this right, and I use it all the time now. And he told me that. At, during that game, or maybe it was the game before, because I missed a bunch then. But then again, like I made seven or eight threes, like for like oh, two straight weeks one time in, in, in college per game. Like I was hot. But he told me, he and I tell my players the same here. I tell all of them, you can only be mad at yourself for the first two misses. 
That's it. That's the only time I'm going to let you show any emotion or anything are on your first two misses because your first two misses are on you. Hmm. After that, that's on me for playing. I take all the pressure off. You could, you miss, you want to miss back. Like, oh, I'll be like, Hey, you know, next one. But after that, I'm like, go, oh, that's it. Like, it's my fault now because you're playing. Like if, if I didn't want you, I'd take you out. So I try and take all the pressure off my players. The first two I give them, but after that, hmm. all those misses are on me. It's it's that's that's my fault. That, that, that they look at me, I'm like, hey, that's my dumb ass fault for playing. That's, <laughs> that's just what it is. You know, like 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 if a kid misses eight threes in a game, that's not his fault. Yeah, that's my that's on me. Like I could have stopped that at four, at five. I could, or I could have known that was going to happen. Like the next game, like I know it. I've never seen a kid go two for eight, and I'd be like, well, that's a surprise. <laughs> I know it, especially if you're a three point shooter, you're going to have those nights. Yeah, that's a good point. So the a, they the, the misses aren't on them. The first two, yeah, but after that, no, nah, that's my fault for playing, bro. That's that's it. Just let it fly. Just let it fly. <laughs> I like too that you said about giving them a curriculum because yeah. I think that I, I a lot of, because we shoot we shoot thirty to forty threes in a game. And I think that uh, some coaches will come up and the man really wish we could shoot the way that you guys shoot or, or wish our my guys just can't shoot that way. And I always think, well, I don't know, like we got we don't have anybody special, you know. I, I don't I don't I can't recruit shooters in, yeah. but there's this idea of actually training them up in that way. And it's the difference between a coach saying, "Listen, guys, after this, you know, spring or summer, you got to shoot the ball better," and then just leaving. Oh, okay. Well, let's just keep hoping that yeah. that's going to happen. Instead, give them that step-by-step -step process. Give open the gym. Have some type of accountability, Coach. I wrote down the because we do a ten thousand shot make challenge, and I give them a T-shirt. But I like that idea. Hey, a twenty k. I'm going to ask them on Tuesday. Hey, twenty k. What do you? What, what's something you like? Oh, you got it. Yeah, hold on. Let me show you. I'm gonna go off my thing. I'm gonna okay. show you my first one. I just I just happen to have a couple. Like nice, let nice. Me, let me see if I can get this. I'll have to go none, right? Okay. Yeah. Can you see that? Yep. Ten backs. Ten, ten racks. racks. Ten racks, not backs. Ten, ten racks. racks. When you get yeah. ten racks, you get a t-shirt for there. But at, hey, 20, we're talking like sweatshirt. It's nice. And yeah, then, see, I like that. Yeah. Then, then hey, then the whole sweat, then a whole sweatsuit. And we go there. And like I said, the puffer bomber, like it's there. It, it that's theirs. That's yours for the taking. You just got to get there. You gotta, you have to go to hundred K. What are we getting? hundred K. You have a whole outfit. Like, like, <laughs> like, I mean, your closet, your closet is completely full. Like so much I can, I can, I can give a kid, but they're um, like at each one, sure. each one that you will, you will keep getting more and you will get more like, and every one of them like, oh, shoot, coach, I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that. Well, I don't even have anybody at 10,000 yet. And we're like week five. Like, it's harder than you think to, to get there, especially because of my curriculum. It's not like you can just go in there. Yeah. Like, because even this week, like, you'll go in there. When you see the white X on the floor, that's where you're shooting from. When I talk about those four spots. That wow. You're gonna, yeah. Four spots that you're going to take in Zoom action. When you get to when you finish what you're supposed to do, you're going to be on that spot to take that shot. So there's four white X's on the floor this week for guys are taking those shots. So when you have to make when it, when a kid hits me up or comes in and goes, all right, hey, me and Zeno, hey, we made 200 shots. They made 200 shots from them X's doing what I asked them 
to do. Mm. It's way harder. Now, I give them free throws. You can do free throws. And I have these wave balls to work on your, your follow through. And you can use those as well to, to warm up. Like you can use those. You know, you do 25, 30 at each slide. And maybe you can get to 100 form shots Yeah, with the wave ball. And you can count that as, as well because it's hard to get to 500. I don't know if I'd want a kid taking 500 game shots a day. You know, I don't think I'd want that. So, um, but I definitely, I definitely implore every kid to make 100 game shots a day. You know, working on your shot and working on your stroke are two different things. Shots, your move and game. Working nice. on your stroke, you know, they just, you can stand in one spot 10 times and just boom. Yeah. Boom, boom. boom. I love that too. You got to work on your stroke. But I want our kids to make 100 shots a day, meaning like, I, let's mimic like what we do. And I don't care what other people do. Like my, I got these kids or my parents. Oh my gosh. I got every parent like, Hey, my son's got this trainer from the golden state warriors. I'm like, he don't run my offense. Like, why do I care? Like he, he he's helping you play. I don't know who he's helping you play for, but he's not helping you play for me. Like I tell <laughs> him like, don't go to your trainer. That doesn't make any sense. Like come to the, come to my gym and do what I value. So you can get on the court and play for me. Like that's, that's what you now, if you're in between programs or you're going from one to the other and you don't have a place for the summer, like, okay, like I get that. But if you play for me, like, why wouldn't you be in here on my white X's? Cause that's what you're going to, that's, what's going to make you successful. And I'm trying to get my players to understand that here. So that the first day they step on their college campus at a four year, they're locked into their coach. That's what good coach value. Yeah. What does he want me? What do you want me to work on and where? And I'm going to do that instead of doing what I want to do. Because that should really uh, direct them in in what they how they should spend their time. But I think too few players go into the gym thinking. What does my coach like based on what we do? Where will I actually get the the because the, I just sit sometimes in open gym and watch our guys because it's open right it's it's voluntary but i just watch them train and i'm sitting there wondering like one do they have a plan and does that plan resemble anything about the way that we flow and what we do but that's a difference maker right there and it's it's uh, i think it's a great point the um have well that comes from my teaching like i said that's why i'm grateful for teaching like i have i have a lesson plan every day of my life there's a curriculum and there's instruction and each kid is, learns a different way. And that helped me a lot learning the way kids learn. And, but having a lesson plan, like every day, I'll never tell a kid, Hey, go get some shots up. No, yeah. every, week, every week we have a, every week we have a plan, you yeah. know, starting May 1st, it's shooting uh, the whole month of May is making twos without dribbling. Like within my offense, the, you come off picks this way, whatever you catch it, you have to score. Could be a floater, could be a fadeaway, but you're going to have to, you're going to have to, you can't always run out there to 22 feet. Sometimes you're going to have to curl that and catch it at 16 feet and score without dribble. Hmm. So May is, May is buckets month. Like we're getting buckets in May, you know, we're, we're getting threes up in zoom this, but May is <laughs> buckets month. We're going to learn how to score inside a three point line, moving around frantically. That's what we're going to, we're going to get to. The Jamoti podcast is powered by Sideline Interactive. Sideline Interactive is the leading manufacturer for high-quality, innovative scoring tables and LED video display boards that help coaches and schools bring more excitement to fans, create huge fundraising opportunities, and make their jobs easier. 
Visit sidelineinteractive.com to check out their amazing products. With the experiences that you've had, and you are, you, you mentioned earlier that you've aged well. I, I just wouldn't have thought, even from watching the show, that like, you're in your 50s? I'm 50. Coach 50. Coach is 50. Uh, I wouldn't have thought that. So congrats to you. I'm I'm 41. I look 50. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> nobody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody's surprised. Um, so what would you do differently if you could start over in coaching? Oh, man. This comes down to the humble factor. Um, we're not that humble as basketball players. You almost have to have this edge about you when you're playing that, like, you're better than everybody else. Like, you, you almost – you have to talk yourself into it. And, and And when I look back, like, I believed it. And I was completely delusional, but, uh, but I, but I really believed it. Like, like, no, I'm better than Ray Allen. Like, like, like I, like I believe Jesus that. Shuttlesworth. Are you serious? Like, <laughs> like I thought I was, I was better than, better than Ray Allen. I, I believe, but I, I, I wasn't. And so, but you talk yourself into that, you know? And so I took that kind of with me into to coaching and that mm. it is, uh, it's the humble factor. And if I could go over back, I wish I could go back and talk to me because I, I got my first job at 25 when I was 98 in 1998 when I was 25 years old. And I wish I could go back and make that guy understand, like, dude, you're not any good. Like, like you're not. I'm not saying you're not talented. I'm not saying you're not going to be successful, but you're not any good. Because if you got a real drive and you're not any good, you'll fix it. Like, you'll, 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 how can I get better? Like, and getting better I've, I got a work ethic. I will work to get better. But when I figured out I wasn't that good, now it, that work ethic was able to meet like the right preparation. And then mm. I had the right mentality. But if I could start over, I'd have started over with my own clean slate. Like, how much can I learn today instead of trying to tell everybody else what to do? Like, like how much when I go in? You would go out with coaches when we're, when we're young. I, I can remember being at a clinic or you're at a dinner with other high school coaches or you're there and like everybody can't wait to tell everyone what they do. Like everyone there. Teachers are the same way. Like, oh, you know what I do in my classroom? You know what I do in my classroom? And so that's what I was. And I, at some point during my coaching journey, I just shut up and I was mm -hmm. like, let's just listen to whatever it is like they do. Because like even listening to me today, because if we flip this around today, I'd have grabbed three things that I'm doing in practice next week. Like I grab it. I don't care who the coach is. He could be, he could be an eighth grade coach and I'm talking to him. I'm talking to him and I'm like, Oh shoot. Hey, they work on, they work on doing it that way, going that way on the court. Like, let me make a note of that. You know, like maybe I can, like, I can try that. There's so much out there. And when I was young, I was like, never mind. Like I know it all. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm, like, I'm good. Like I, I, I knew, I knew everything. So I wish I could go back and tell that kid, like, dude, you're not any good. You need to work every day as if you're the worst coach in America. You, you, you're you, not. Like, how can you get better today? Stop thinking about how good you are or how successful you can be. And just think about how, like, I can, how can I get better? Like, how can I get better today as as a coach? And, and I had to be humble. I wasn't very humble as a basketball player. I wasn't humble when I walked around my campus. I just wasn't. And, uh, but it, it basketball is so humbling. It is yeah. humbling. Um, if I was really into golf, I would think golf could be humbling. You know what I mean? But 
basketball is the most humbling experience, man. It's um because you can put everything into it and you're just not good enough. Like you can give your entire life to the game and nah, you're just not good enough. Like, and then it's just over. You're like, you're right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I put everything I had into wanting to be a lawyer, I'd have been a lawyer. If I wanted to be a doctor, I could have been a doctor. Um, you, you can do it. Like if you put it into it, like you can do it like basketball, like, nah, uh-uh. you can, you can keep going and they'd be like, no, nah, it's over Rob. And then it's over. <laughs> and so, uh, it's humbling. And the moment you accept it, you know, that you're not that good. And that's, that's what I wish I could go back. That's what I go back and do, but that wasn't my journey, man. I was, I was supposed to be, I was supposed to be an egotistical das at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, uh, and I had to learn from that. That was, yeah. that was, that was my journey. I had to learn. I had to learn from that. And I was hardheaded and it took me a while, but like I said, the, the day I figured out, like it has absolutely nothing to do with me. Like absolute, like I don't play anymore. Like I just, it, I don't play anymore. And watching kids win now, that's where it's at. That's where it's at. Especially as you know, when you see them work towards the win. Yeah. I've had some talented kids who won and didn't do nothing. I'm still happy for them, but I'm like, dude, you didn't deserve that. But you know, Hey, let's say hey, great job. Anyway, you know, great job. <laughs> <laughs> but when you get those kids who like work and they'll they work and they act and they're just they do right and they do what you ask and they're in the program and the culture's right and they do all that and then they're successful it's like oh shoot like this is this is why i'm here this is why i am supposed to be here like right now because of these kids and this moment and then when they're 50 or 60 they'll be talking about that game that they had and it'll be a good experience yeah that's a great nugget man because i think the danger is early on and it does happen a lot when we're young is that we have a fixed mindset we already feel like we've got it based on either who coached us or our playing experience and and and, and that arrogance that that naturally comes out with youth but then i think we also have to be careful as you know maybe we start that way but then golly we get our butts kicked we realize that there's a lot of ways to do this and so we get that growth mindset but then before you realize it or know it you can revert back to that fixed mindset and so i think that that for you at your stage and for me at mine and everybody else is to continue to remember and to have that idea of i don't know it all i can learn something from everybody that i talk to it seems like you still have that Oh, that's what I'm looking for from everybody. Like everybody, like from now on, I'm like, hey, you said what? You did what? Like, like, how can I? Cause I'm in my mind, you know, you know, as a coach, in my mind, I have exactly what I want it to look like. On the offensive end, on the defensive end, and study hall, in the ARO, in my locker room. Like in my mind, there is an ongoing movie of perfection. It, it's it's just ongoing. I get bits and pieces from everybody to help me do that. Like, that's what I like. That's what I get. it, And I'm able to use it. But I, I do it like my own way. You know, I I had read once early on in fatherhood, like there's no perfect way to raise a child, but there's a million good ways to do it. And that's how I see the coaching thing. Like there's a million different ways you can do this and win. Like there's a million, you can be successful with kids, a million, you don't have to do it like this way, right? But 
I'd be crazy not to be like, well, what was Bobby Knight doing? <laughs> you know, like that dude was winning. Like, yeah. what was he doing to where he can continuously win? Like at that level for that long, forget the way he talked to people or whatever, but what was he doing basketball wise? Like what was, what was, what was his drills, you know? And, and you know what, you know, I found out one of the things he did that he harped on was how hard you pass to one another. That like, that stuck with me. Like, you know, you know, cause I get so upset in practice. Kids just do that. You know, they just throw the ball at you. Like, I'm like, no, break my knuckles. Like every time, like what do you, and that's one thing coach Mosley's serious about. Like, if you don't like, and do it get to the point where they'll really try to hurt him. <laughs> and we can't help but laugh. Too far, guys, yeah. too far. <laughs> yeah. Like it'll be six feet away and just trying yeah. to throw his chest up. But uh but that's one of the things he talked yeah. about is intentions on passes. Like that, that's one of the things that I saw in a Bobby Knight tape once. Like every time they throw the ball, it's gotta be like with intention. Like the like the energy of the ball, right? Like the yeah. energy of the ball is going to dictate what happens next. And that's one that I used to look at all the we used to all like look at VHS tapes. Like, like that was the thing. Um, but my my junior college coach had uh Bobby Knights and Coach Case. I can remember watching Coach Case when I first started about motion offense, mm-hmm. one of like in like 90, 91. That was uh that was fascinating, like as well. They make it look so easy, don't they? If you do this, yeah. you do this and you do that. And then you get out in your practices, and like if you do this and you do that, and then you roll the balls out. And I'm like, that don't look anything. Like but that. you also, yeah, you also got to keep in mind the the five McDonald's All Americans that they have doing those things. Oh, Is that, that because it, it it would make us look good too? I'm, when I'm sitting, <laughs> hey, when I'm sitting there coaching, I fully realize the difference between a play being made that I coached and a play being made that I recruited. I know the difference. And there's a huge difference between those two. And to win at a high level, you got to have kids who do stuff that you can only recruit. They're, the X's and O's, I mean, they mean something. But in the end. The Jimmies and Joes. No, man, the kids have got to be able to make yeah. plays. And when they do something that I didn't coach and they score, I'm like, well, I recruited it. So I'm a good, I, I'm a good coach. That's it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I recruited it. So that's coaching. Recruiting is coaching, you know, yeah. recruiting is coaching, but we can't, we can't do it all. Yeah. Coach, last thing, and that'll get you out of here. The wow. speed round. We all think we know you because we've watched the show, yeah. but after the speed round, we're really going to know you. Let's do it. Favorite ice cream flavor. Oh man. It's kind of changed over the years. It's kind of changed. But right now, like I'm really feeling anything that has chocolate and peanut butter in it. Oh, good combo. Anything that has like a, that swirl mixture, yep. like chocolate and peanut butter in there, or even the sprinkles of Reese's in the peanut butter, but anything chocolate, peanut butter mixed with that vanilla in some way, like I'm all in right now. That's sad, sad moment for me was when Brahms stopped putting oh, uh, melted peanut butter on their Sundays. They stopped. I guess people got sick or so. I don't know. So someone ruined that for me, and uh, I need to find out. Brahms. I lived in I lived in El Reno, Oklahoma for one year. There was a Brahms around the corner. <laughs> greatest shooter of all time. Uh, the greatest shooter of all time. Well, our generation is going to be a little bit different. And this is where I completely screwed up. And I'm blaming my father for this, if you're listening. All right. I'm blaming my dad. Because my dad and my, most of the other dads, they had us looking at all the wrong players. 
like looking at all of the wrong dudes. And I'm like, dad, why didn't you have me look at Dale Ellis? Like, what, mm. what, are, you, what are you doing? Like, how am I not looking at Dale Ellis or Curry's dad? Like, yeah, Dale Curry. Yeah. Looking, you know, that's my, that's how I played. Like, why am I looking at these other dudes where I can, he's like, you got to look at Magic Johnson. Well, okay. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, that's, that's not a, that's really not a thing. You know, it's not like your dad was like, you need to be more like Doc Rivers, like at, with the Hawks, like, like I could have been Doc Rivers. We're the same size. We're the That's, same. Player. Yeah, there's but a chance I, there. <laughs> and I'm looking at the wrong thing, you know. Yeah. So, um, definitely, uh, I think when I look back now as a coach, when you look at guys like Curry or Dale Ellis, like in the '80s, man, those dudes could knock down shots, like shot after shot, like where in their in their spot. And I'm not one to say like the other, like last the past was better. Like nobody's better than these shooters today. Right? Mm. Anybody says that they're crazy. Like these no. dudes today. Professional. They're professional shooters. Are phenomenal. Like there's, you, you find me somebody in the eighties that could do what Dame does. Like there, there's Dame, like who can do what Dame Lillard does? I'm not even talking about Curry yet. I'm yeah. talking about who can do what Dame <laughs> Lillard yeah. does. Like that's amazing. These guys are incredible, incredible shooters now. Yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, texting or talking. Um, uh, oh, um, text to start, but it has to turn into a talk. Like, I like that. I, I like to, I like to text to, to get it back and forth. Yep. But then after that, like, we're going to have, that's my thing with recruiting, like three, four texts, then it's a call. And then after that, I'll usually call more than text. I'll be like, Hey, are you available later? Or or et cetera. I might text and say, dude, can you send me a transcript? Can you do that? But if we're going to talk, text to begin, talk. I'm recruiting a kid at Sacramento right now. We texted all Monday and Tuesday about the national championship game. Um, UConn and San Diego State. And once we got that, like Thursday last night, all right, all right now, now we're all right, now we're on the phone. <laughs> text to begin, definitely talk to him. Greatest basketball movie of all time. Uh, the fish to save Pittsburgh. No doubt. Dr. J, late 70s, the fish to save Pittsburgh. You're the first one, man. You're the, the first, first one to ever say that. The first time I watched that, because we all wanted to be Dr. J. Yeah. And the first time I saw that, like, I was like, oh, man, I want to be a Pittsburgh Pisces. I want to play. For, like, I thought it was like a real thing. And um, and it <laughs> stuck with me. It stuck with me for a kid because there wasn't a lot, a lot of basketball movies in the 70s or 80s. Yeah, that's true. It really wasn't, you know. And so that first one that I really loved really stuck with me. That's not to say like, I, let, let's not let's not pull any punches here. Hoosiers is a better movie. Let, let's let's not. It, it just is. But uh, the fish to say Pittsburgh, like I have the VHS tape pristine condition in my in my closet right now, wrapped up. I mean pristine condition of that's the, impressive in itself, I, right I, there. I that you have a VHS tape. Hey, I bought it twenty <laughs> years ago. And it is in great condition, and that is that is my pride right there. And it's still worth about a dollar a dollar ten right now. You know what? <laughs> hey, when the will and testament is read, somebody is getting the somebody's picture. getting it. Uh, let's see. Okay, uh, for high school shot clock or no shot clock? Oh my gosh, twenty four <laughs> second shot clock. Are I love that. Me? Yeah, good 24 call. Twenty four second shot clock. What about for college? Get moving down to twenty four. That should happen I would, too. I would love to be anywhere from twenty six to twenty eight. Yeah. I, let's 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 pick up our movement 
and let's pick up what we're you can run a play dude we can still run a play yeah but you're gonna have to move to run to yeah. run a play this game was designed to flow like water it that's the it's not it, you can't be anybody who dams it up although they're great coaches Bennett's the best coach that I've probably ever seen, but he dams it up and I can't stand it every year. Like, you know what I mean? Like, don't dam up the water ever. Let it flow, man. Just teach kids how to play and let them play. I love that. Got a couple more here. Okay. What book would you give someone? Oh, man, this this is going to be interesting. This image, there's there's two, right? And for both for the different reasons. Uh, 1984. Oh. I, I love 1984. Because um, it's um, it can give you insight to what it could be. Like yeah, it, it really can give you insight to what it could be if one thing just breaks right or left. You know, 1984. Um, but the other one is, and there's been a couple of them, but Larry Bird's biography. And I'm gonna tell you why. I was a Larry Bird hater like everybody else. Don't get me wrong, because it was Magic Johnson. It was Dr. <laughs> I mean, where you grew up. and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Screw Larry Bird. Screw Larry Bird. That's like, right. he's not, like, he's not any good. He's not. Good. <laughs> so, the first year that I, that, I, that I coached junior college basketball, I was the person. I had a class called personal development. And in that class, I'd be in there bored to death because kids just study. It was, a, it was a study hall. It was a good name for it. So I go to the library, and I take Larry Bird's biography. And I read that in like 1997 and it changed my entire way. I look at everything. And wow. And I was like, this dude is like the best. He's the best. At like, how can anybody say anybody was better from like 1979 to 84 than Larry Bird? Like you're looking at it like, no, like he really didn't average like 30 and 16, did he? Or like, like he really didn't do like, he didn't average 31 and 14, like in, in the NBA. Like when you read it, I was like, oh my God. And then just reading about him, like every every car that he had, he had him customly put in a cooler in the middle so he could drink, have beer with him like at all times. And and how he just didn't care about what anybody thought, you know, and and played left-handed in a oh, game. Yeah, like the things, oh. he, the things that he did. And I'm not a Larry Bird fan. Like I'm right. a J fan. I'm a Magic Johnson fan. I am a I am a card carrying Larry Bird hater. There's no <laughs> doubt. There's absolutely no doubt. You know, even because you know every uncle that we have, like, oh, that white boy can't play no basketball. And so that's all we heard, right? And I read this book and I'm like, oh my gosh, I was so I was so wrong. I was so wrong. But it's you're holding to it though. You're sticking to your convictions. Oh, you and, and then every and I, even today, kids, I'd be like, hey, no, man, how come you ain't talking about Larry? Like, I believe Kareem Abdul Jabbar is like the coldest basketball player ever. The like, uh, the the unstoppable shot. Like, how can I, he not be I in that? Yeah, yeah. I, I believe that. I I mean, I, I want to say I'm pretty sure it. If I'm reading that right, from fifth grade until his rookie year in the NBA, he won a championship every year. Like he didn't end the season from fifth grade to the end of his rookie year. He won a championship. Like what does that do to you mentally? I mean, this thing like, about winning every <laughs> championship every year you play from eight years old to 24. Like all you know is winning championships. Like the dude is absolutely like he was, I think like he doesn't get talked about enough, you know. Yeah. But, but that book opened up my eyes and it, I wrote it down. I wrote it, it down me, and it helped me. It helped me see the world and players differently. 
It really did. It did from a, just from a cultural standpoint. Yeah. You know, it, it, it was like, it was like, no, no, uncle Bill, you were wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, you're wrong. And, and I, it, man, so when I, when I coached high school, I, uh, I was at a private school, but we had, re- we had good players and my team was always culturally diverse, like always, but there'd be some years where they might not be as much. And I, and I used to tell them I all the time is from a cultural standpoint, I'm like, guys, like, like black people can't play basketball either dog. Like I, you guys have to understand this. Like they're not any good either. Like you see them, you think they're good. I'm like, they're not any good. I'm telling you those five over there cannot play basketball. Like, stop thinking people are good by what you see. Hmm. And Larry Bird's book changed my perception of looking at everybody in sports and culture. That changed it. Up until that point, I was closed-minded, and I thought a certain way according to where I grew up, where I played, the people I was around. I read that book, opened up my complete mind about absolutely, like, everything. And, like, balling is balling. You know what I mean? Like balling is balling. And it's the beauty of basketball. There's Mm -hmm. like, it brings people together that nothing else can. Like there's, look at my team now. I got kids from, from, from Huntington beach, you know what I'm saying? To the worst neighborhoods in Memphis, all on the same team. Like where else did you get that? You know, it's, it's absolutely wonderful and beautiful to sport, but yeah, man, like thank, if I could tell you Larry Bird, I would thank you for changing. (laughs) Coach, I should well, end it. You can dock better. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I, I should. It. But, but I, uh, man, it changed the way I see the world. That's cool. I, I should end it right there, but I do have one more question. On, so in basketball, who's the GOAT? Okay. Um, <laughs> it's an argument. Everybody has. They have. They all have it. Um, and like I said, from generation to generation, that can yeah. be difficult. But I'm going to stick with this, and I truly believe this. I truly believe this, and I'll tell you why. And it's an easy one to go with. I think LeBron James is the best basketball player to ever play. And when you say that, that means you have to compare him to, let's say, Mike and Magic and Larry and Kareem. Like you have that, you have that group, right? Of, of the, of the yeah. group. And the reason why I say this is because you're not going to find a GM on this planet if you take Michael Jordan first who doesn't have to think about who his second pick is. If you get if you get LeBron James, it doesn't matter who your second pick is. Hmm. LeBron, you can take the best available to play with LeBron and with Mike, you can't take the best available. Is is Mike maybe a better basketball player? Maybe. And you know what I like that's you you could you can have an argument for that, but I think the greatest of all time is a player who Everybody can win with at any time, and he's the best. Like no one has to change their game, or he can he can be great for that player. Like, like you don't have to put pieces specifically around him. Although LeBron needs pieces, don't get me wrong. He needs sure. pieces, shooters for sure. It, it doesn't have to be. <laughs> yeah. And the reason why I say that is because Sam Bowie, and they could have drafted Jordan. Yeah, people thought he was better. But someone Drexler, thought, but, yeah. But Drexler was already there. And if you switch it up, the Bulls would have done the same thing. Yeah. If they had Jordan, they'd have passed on Drexler because Sam Bowie fits better. If you have LeBron, you can you can all the above. That's right. You can take all of the above 
And so I think LeBron is the best for that reason that he can play. No one has to change anything to play with LeBron. And when it's said and done, honestly, it's not even going to be close. I, I don't think so. Yeah. Three years from now, when you put it up, like Le- LeBron is something, he is something different. I, I'm glad I got to, I got, I'm glad I got to see, think about what we got to see. Yep. I grew up with Doc, Magic, Bird, all the way through to Mike and Chuck and those guys to LeBron. I got to, I got to see that. And that's uh man, that's, that's a gift. What a player. Coach, this has been so enjoyable, man, to get to hear and learn a little bit more about you as a coach and about the way that you view the game and, and really appreciate everything that you did uh, on, on the show and just how authentic and real that you guys were. But then to have this opportunity with you, man, what a pleasure. Thank you so much. Oh man. I love talking hoops, especially with my high school guys, because at heart, like I, that's my found, like that's my foundation. I'm, I'm telling everybody, if you're a high school coach out there and you're listening, I mean, listen to me when I tell you this, the majority of high school jobs are better than college jobs. Just, just hear me when I say that they, they are, you don't get to, I know you don't get to pick your talent all the time and you might not get to go play against North Carolina and that'll all be cool. I'm not saying it's not, but a high school job, the majority of how you put a hundred jobs up, high school jobs are going to be better than the college jobs that hmm. you take. It's an incredible place to, to coach and to be and to shape young men and to make a difference in people's lives. Um, it's uh, anytime I get to talk to high school coaches, I absolutely, I absolutely love it because I got that cred 20 years. I'm with you. I'm that's right no that's so true and man again thank you for your your just your authenticity today and your time this this is a blast man oh man I had a lot of fun great meeting you uh make sure we stay in touch would love to follow your team this year love. awesome thank you for checking out today's episode please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast share it with your fellow coaches and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti podcast it's just a matter of doing it